Welcome to the Why Wait Podcast. My name is Julie. My name is Beth, and we are your hosts. We are two sisters who love life coaching and are ready to ask you the question, why wait? Life is precious, and too many times we hold back, have fear or believe thoughts that leave us waiting. We understand we've been there. Join us as we help you progress and find personal fulfillment through knowledge as we teach you tools that will enable you to love yourself more fully and improve your own life. No more waiting. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for jumping on with Julie and I today on the Why Wait podcast. We've missed you. Hello. (laughs) Yep. We took a, a week or so hiatus after our retreat. We are recovered. <laughs> yes. I was with um, one of the women that came to our retreat. I was with her this weekend and she said, are you recovered yet? And I said, yeah, I, last week I felt recovered. Yeah. What about and you? It's, yeah. It's not even the fact that like the retreat wore me out. It's getting back to everything. Like I was gone for six days, which is really like the longest I've ever left rich and the kids. That's a long time. Right. And so it was getting back to like just laundry and grocery shopping and getting caught up and all that kind of stuff. So no, that's, that's a great thing about retreats is they really are. They are a retreat, but, um, just like anything in our lives that Julie and I have put a ton of effort into or preparation, there's just this time where you have to decompress, but also go back into your real life and move right back into the pace you were. So your head is still trying to think you're working on the retreat, but your body knows you're not, and you need to move forward. So it's kind of a interesting little process that we've gone through the last three retreats we've done. So it's fun. We're grateful for it. And if you are listening and you were at our last retreat, we love you. Thank you so much for coming. You're amazing. All the women there were incredible and we had a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah. Super fun. Okay. We, do you want to go ahead? Are talking about the last two podcasts were creation, right? What is creation? Why is it so important? And then, and what do you want to create? And so we asked you a question of like, start thinking about what you want to create. What does you, what do you even like? What do you like to do? What are, what are some things that you're feeling a, a call towards to do better, more of, or brand new? And so today And for a couple of probably episodes, we're going to talk about the how, the the ways that we have found that are helpful in creating certain things. And so today we're going to talk about relationships, how to create stronger relationships, more connected relationships, and how it all begins with you. And if you feel in your life that you have nailed down your relationships, (laughs) which I don't know who has been, you're ready to be exalted. Yeah. (laughs) There's this, the whole purpose is like, how do we create, like Julie said, closer relationships, but also how do you create the relationship with yourself, with your body? Um, how do you create the kind of home or the purpose in your life? Like how do you create it? And so this little formula that we want to share with you, that's kind of been helpful for Julie and I, and we've noticed it with clients we've worked with is these three things that when you can kind of nail those down or get close to nailing them down, there's a lot more progress that happens and the ability to create becomes more fluid Mm. and you're able to accomplish the goals you're really setting out to with whatever you're creating. Okay. So step one, so let's say you're picking a, a 
a specific person or relationship in your life, if it's like, I want more friends or I want a stronger marriage, or I want to feel more connected to God, the people at church, God, my children, anybody. It's, it's sometimes a lot easier to pick one than try and yeah. generalize them all relationships. That's too confusing for your brain and it will go and eh, no thanks. I'm tired. So pick one as we're talking and just kind of think of it as we talk. And as you start thinking about things that you can do and think about, and step one is, um, to be honest with yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so thinking about let's, uh, how about we take a relationship with, um, okay. I'm going to take a relationship. It's a little bit of a struggle for me. It's been a struggle my whole life. It's with my mom. Okay. So when I began to be really honest with myself and began to take ownership of my part in the relationship, I was able to set up some guidelines and boundaries that were helpful for me. And, um, one of those things was, cause one of the things when you got it, when you're honest with yourself, sometimes you need someone you trust that can tell you straight up what it looks like, or with Julie and I coaching, sometimes a coach, a lot of times the coach can see things that you can't see, or it takes time writing things down. So when I decided to be really honest with myself about my relationship with my mother and what I wanted to create with it, I set up a plan. I mean, I, I, I was able to say, okay, Beth, in this relationship, this is what you can feel comfortable with. And this is what you can expect from it. So knowing what you can expect, being honest and knowing my part in it and what I could do to make it better, I was able to move to the next step. But before I move to the next step, Julie, is there an example yeah. that you have? So in, in the honesty, so let's say like, um, you, I'll take my last, my marriage, my first marriage into play. Right. Cause when I met rich, he had dated a lot of people he said that had been divorced or whatever. And he said, I was the first person to take ownership that it was also my fault. Right. And I could have said like, it was all him, but, and that's all he'd ever heard. And he was like, eh, it just always kind of left this thought in his mind. Like, how could that be true? Like, so anyways, that was something that I was like, huh? Cause I didn't really talk to that many people that were divorced and that wasn't something I'd been through. So that kind of stuck with me, but I thought, yeah, cause I went in when I left that marriage, I ultimately wanted to be a better person, wanted to not make the same mistakes again. Right. So I did need to know any part I had contributed to the failing of this marriage. And, mm -hmm. um, and I asked my counselor that, and I don't, I don't remember if she brought it up or not, but it was like, I remember thinking like, oh, okay. And just the fear of not having it again is what propelled me forward to want to learn my side of things where, where I had gone wrong. And part of me was, I was an enabler. I took on way too much that left a lot of room for him not to do. I allowed it. Like I knew there was bad behavior going on and he was treating me badly, but I didn't stand up for it. I didn't change it. It was hard. It was uncomfortable. There was contention, right? And there's things that I needed to do to up-level myself to be able to maybe set correct patterns. And I'm not saying that I could have changed things, but again, I had to learn what, what things inside of me had contributed. And so that would, to me, would be part of being honest. Like, I'm not just going to come out of a marriage and be like, it was all his fault. He was a jerk. Da, da, da. Of course, it takes two people, of course, right? 
and it could be 90, 10, 95, five. But then the second part would be like with my sister, when I realized like I didn't enjoy being around her, everyone told me she was hard to be around and that I took honesty. Right. And was like, okay, how do I feel about her? Are my thoughts valid? Is this something I can change? Is she really that terrible person? And so I was able to look at all of it and then implement what I could change about myself to improve our relationship. And I didn't feel like I could really ask her to change because a lot of it was just like brain stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. So anyways, just those two things, I feel like really helped me in my life, improve myself, improve relationships and has served me better. But had I come out of both of those relationships, deciding that the other person was wrong, I, oh, I hundred percent probably would have ended up back in the same type of a marriage. And I never would have improved a relationship with my sister who passed away. Right. And what regrets I would have had. So be honest about where you're at and what do you want? What are you looking for? And then what are you trying to create? Yeah. What are you trying to create? And then keep your expectations low especially of the other person because you can't control them and be, yeah, just, okay. And we'll move on to the next one. (laughs) Well, and before we do move on to the next one, the thing about it is with my mother, when I was real honest, what a huge blessing she was in my life for doing, being the mother she was because she set me up beautifully to try to move forward in my life in a way that I felt was most um, purposeful for me and beneficial. And so when you can be really real with yourself in whatever relationship it is, if it's with God, if you feel like you're distant from him or the savior, or if you feel that you're distant from your own parents, your children, it helps so much to be like, okay, what a blessing she was for me. And what do I want? There's not much time left on this earth. I have my frailties and there are changes that I need to make. So the honesty can get you to be very vulnerable and willing to open your heart a little bit and be soft. And this is the other thing we were going to say is your brain will protect you. Meaning like, let's say you start thinking about a, a painful relationship that you're in. As soon as you start going down that path, sometimes because your brain doesn't want to feel pain, it will stop you. It will offer, no, 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 you're fine. It's, it's her fault. Cause that feels easier than actually having to be honest. And that's why we'll say like, sometimes you'll just spin and spin in your head and you can't get there. So that's when it, um, having a filter of a, tr- another trusted friend or coach, or even writing it down is super beneficial for that honesty key. If that's a struggle for you. Yeah, for sure. Okay. The second thing that Julie and I have found and, and um, we've used it in these relationships, I can say, and even when we didn't know about the girl model, we were using it, not knowing there was such a system out there. I'll have to say that with my relationship with my mom. But the second key is take like the girl model, for example, and which is you've got a goal. That's your G you look at the reality. So that's where you get honest with yourself. So I want to create a more loving relationship that will have good memories with my mother before she leaves, right? That's the goal. So the reality was it wasn't there. We don't talk on the phone much. I don't go spend time there much. Um, They're just not that connection, right? So I began to create ways. How can I safely, um, O is for options. 
So how can I safely build this relationship that I will have memories that are positive when she's not on this earth anymore? So I began to create different ways in my mind. I can call her more frequently, but that usually takes time because I'm with the kids. It's hard to sit and chat. She tends to not ask as many questions. So then I get more frustrated because I feel like there's not much about me that's she's wanting to know. Like, you know what I mean? I start building these stories again in my head. So then I came up with um, an, an option that did work for me after I laid out some options that I was trying to think about. And that option was three to four times a year. I purposely drive to my parents' house, which is a three and a half hour drive. And I go spend two nights there. And I make sure that I leave and come home by that next morning. So I get there in an late afternoon and I stay and I get a full day with them. And then by the next morning, I get in my car and I come back home. So it's two nights. I felt that that would probably work. And so as that option, the W is your way forward. And Julie and I want you to know we recorded a full podcast and a YouTube video on the Grow Model. So you can go back on our YouTube channel, Beth and Julie Noel Coaching, and you can go watch it. Or you can go to episode four of our podcast and you can listen to the Grow Model. So my way forward was I'm going to try this. I'm going to start going down to my parents for two nights and spend time with them and make sure that I don't allow myself to get triggered or have things from the past build up and cause me to explode. And having it be that short would allow that. So that was my next step is using the grow model to move forward with my mother and the relationship I wanted to create. So think of that person that you, that we asked you to think about in the beginning, and you would just grab a piece of paper, a napkin, wherever you're at, jot it down in your phone, and you would put the person's name and then you would write G R O W. Okay. And so the goal, so let's take my sister, for instance, my goal, mine, I would have put my sister's name up there. The goal would be, um, realistically mine was to see her through Christ's eyes. It wasn't to like change her. It was just to like have more peace, understanding and compassion when I was around her. Okay. So that was my goal. The reality was that's not where I was at. Like she annoyed me. I was frustrated a lot. I, um, those I would be around, I was trying to buffer them from her. Cause right. All these things were in my head and that was the reality. And so my options were like, um, really trying to see her and her intention of things, trying to see the goodness of her heart. I prayed for years to be able to see that. And those were all the different options. And the one that I probably stuck with the most was just constant daily prayer of having it in the forefront of my mind every single day praying that I could see her better. And after time, like all that frustration and aggravation went away because I was constantly telling my brain and my spirit and my thoughts to see her better. Right. And so your brain is smart and it's like, okay, yeah, we're doing this. Great. I'm going to go look for it for you. Right. And then I add that spiritual aspect into it. Or let's say I had a child when she was turning like 10 or 11, she was hormonal. I remember thinking like, what the heck, this is not like, she was angry. We were agitated at each other. And I remember thinking, I got to fix this. So the goal would be like more peace. I'd put her name at the top, more peace. The reality is we're arguing. She's angry. Things are changing. So what do I want to do? What are my options? And I decided that I realized as I was being honest with myself, that I was being really motherly and nitpicky. And so I was, she'd come down and I'd be like, oh, did you brush your teeth? She'd come down for school. Did you brush your teeth? I don't know if you brushed your hair. Did you grab your bag? Da, 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 right. 
And so instead I decided that I was going to just compliment her. If she had put any effort Mm -hmm. into her appearance and her morning, then I was just going to point that out. Right. And I'm telling you it within a matter of a week. So that was my option. My way forward was choosing that. Like our relationship was changed, was better. She came down happy, like just crazy. But until I would take some ownership and not just think that she was hormonal and a stinker, I don't know if I would have changed it like that. Right. We could still be fighting like that. So just a couple examples of how to do the grow, the grow. Yes. So go, like I said, go to episode four or go to our YouTube channel and watch the grow model on a video recording that Julie and I have that will help you. Okay. The third one is, and I'm going to have you say it, Julie, because I think you worded it really well. And then we can, I can add to it. Um, realize that the relationship you want to create all starts with you. Most of all of your relationships, well, all of your relationships only exist in your mind. And to me, that was kind of like, first time I heard that, I was like, whatever, that is crazy. And it seemed like too much, too big. But then now it's like this super peaceful place because no matter how I'm feeling about someone or whatever they've done to me, I ultimately feel like I have the ability to get to peace pretty quick right? Whenever I want to access that based on how I choose to think and treat them. Right. So an example would be, um, do you want to give one or you want me to, or add to that? Yeah. Well, I'll add to it. So let's go back to my thing with my mom. Um, so what I did is I realized that I had created in my brain, this relationship that certain things she would do would trigger me. And so what I did is I realized, okay, Beth, you have the ability to recreate that relationship in your brain because there are many people that love her and adore her and think she's the greatest thing that ever existed. So how can you get to a closer place where you see her good? So I began to realize that in my mind, I could create how, what a compassionate person she was, what, um, what a kind and giving person what she was and how many people she served. So when I began to get into my brain and create this belief that my connection with her was that she was giving, she was selfless. She was thoughtful of others. She served at the greatest ability in her callings that above anybody I've ever seen in certain callings. Then I began to have that compassion. So I realized I could make the connection without even talking to my mom about it without even saying anything to her or going, give me a list of all the people that love you. Tell me what you've done this week for service. Um, Tell me about your calling and what you plan for. Nothing. I just began to create in my brain. Look how many people she's gone and served this week, Beth. I'm sure there's so many I can't even count. Look how many people that she's helping while she's teaching these lessons on Sunday. So I began to work on my brain and connection with her through that realization that I could have the control with how I felt about her because of my brain and what I was creating, if that makes sense. Yes, exactly. And that's the, um, now we're not asking you to become a psycho and create fake relationships. Like that's why number one is... Tell the That's truth. a stalker. And we're yes. not asking you to be a stalker. Okay. Yeah. You're not married to some random person. Like no, no step no. one is honesty. Step two, yes, you right? Have to be <laughs> you have to be honest. So like if she, 
let's say yeah. she had a mother that beat her, drank all the time and did terrible things to her. And she decides to just ignore all of that and decide that she's very godmother and all these things. Your, your chemical physical makeup would never allow that. Like your brain would be like, nope, sorry. Here's another memory. Here's another memory. Here's another memory. So telling the truth and putting, you have to be honest. Yeah. Putting yeah. facts down with as much, with as little bias as possible. Like she was my mother. She raised five children and you can have your own thoughts on if it a good mother, a bad mother, you know, but putting those thoughts down and then being able to have gratitude for those things. But the, another super powerful thing is someone that's passed, right? Like there's a, there's religions and all different types of cultures that have different feelings about where someone goes after they die. Well, we believe that they continue. And so they continue living. Right. And then we're all going to be in heaven together someday. And so if they're still living, if we're all energy and their spirit's still living, then why can't I keep having a connection? And proof of that is just our heavenly father, right? Like I've never met him on this life. I've never seen him. I've studied him. I've learned about him. I prayed to him. I've imagined him and I've put all these beautiful thoughts and feelings in my, in my head that he's as real to me as someone who has passed. But I mean, scientifically, you could say that this is a figment of my imagination. So taking that ultimate relationship of our heavenly father, I think he was kind of also trying to help us learn that learn that we can be close to someone, even when they're not in front of us. You think about a friend that, um, you haven't seen in 10 years, right? She may not be thinking about you at all, but you might be thinking about how much you love her. And there's this great friendship and you remember your memories and you have this great friendship in your brain, although you have not been together. Right. And so what we teach in coaching is your thoughts, create your feelings and your feelings, create your actions. So if I'm thinking good thoughts about my husband all day long, when he comes home, I'm feeling like I really love him and I'm grateful for him. And I'm probably going to give him a big kiss and say, how was your day? And then there's days that I don't think about him. There's other things on my mind. Right. And he comes home and I'm like, Hey, it's different. My actions are different based on what I was thinking. And then there's days where I might be mad at him. I'm thinking about that all day. So when he comes home, I'm aloof because I was thinking one thing, feeling something, and I acted a different way. And so you can think and feel all these things about a person. And ultimately that's what your action will portray. And that's what helps create a whole relationship. But it, it can ultimately just start in these three steps, being honest, creating a goal, putting it into that model, and then realizing that you are ultimately the one in control of how you want to relate to someone. And I'm going to give you, I want to give you two more examples. Cause I know for Perfect. me, examples really help because it's hard to kind of, when you get a concept that you've heard hardly at all, it's like, what? Yep. So when I was a teenager, my best friend, Leslie introduced me to Hillary weeks and I was probably 15, 15 or 16. I don't know. I was young. And I began to love Hillary. Like she was, she's a Christian singer. I listened to all of her, or like I would go and ruin her tapes because I had, would have <laughs> her tapes and I would listen to them all the time. And when I was in my early forties, um, my friend Gina and I went to, um, a women's conference at BYU and Hillary was the performer, the main performer for the weekend, for that, those few days we were there. 
And at the very end, there was this huge storm outside. It was lightning and thundering and just pouring rain. So Gina and I went up and waited at this top area of this, I think it's the Marriott Center. And all of a sudden coming out the doors, and I have had this relationship with Hillary in my mind, my whole life, 24 years. She was the most incredible. I loved her. She comes walking out the doors in this green coat (laughs) and I go and I grab her and I'm like, I love you. (laughs) I love you. And she's like, hi. And I'm like, I love you so much. I I have been listening to you since I was a teenager. And she's just like, I have never met you in my life. Who are you? And I was talking to her like, you don't know what you've done for my life. And I, you know, I, I told her all these feelings I had for her. You guys, it was all in my mind. She's never met me. She doesn't even know I exist. She doesn't know that there's a Beth Newell. And I, that shows you, you can create these things. And the other thing I was going to tell you is my dad's mom, right before I was born, she died. And I never, ever met her. And as I have aged, I feel her, her, I feel her influence in my life so powerfully and not in a weird, crazy way. But all things will happen that remind me that she's totally paying attention to me. And I have this love for her. I have this connection, but I have never met her. I have never physically been around her. She wasn't even present. She was gone. She's gone from this earth. But I love her and I so appreciate her. And she raised eight children and my grandfather was an alcoholic and she fought to stay with that and keep her family together. And I hear her constantly saying, don't you give up. You keep going. You keep fighting. Don't stop. So they can be dead and they can be alive. And we can have these relationships in our head of them, but they don't even know that's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. So just in that step through, you need to realize you have more control than you realize with how relationships are going. I promise you that. And it's the truth. And I could sit on this podcast for the next three hours, giving you example after example with women I've served with, with men I've served with, with my own personal children. It so much can change if you choose to change and you choose to see things differently. Yeah. I love that. And our last bit of advice is be patient. The reason Mm -hmm. in the grow model, it's you, you give several options and you pick one way forward. Because if you try and do it all at once, or you try and fix every relationship at once, it's going to fail and it's, and it's going to make you feel bad and you're not going to want to try again. That's just what our brains are set up to do. So pick one way, pick one relationship that feels like you could probably make some change with the tips we've given you. And, and all relationships are not supposed to be perfect all the time. They're not. And so there's, there's going to be some relationships that they're over here, you know, they're on the right side, they're on hold for a little while and it's, it's serving its purpose right now. And that's where it needs to be. There's other relationships that are complete that are done that you have removed out of your life for a great purpose or whatever to keep you safe and healthy. And that's okay. Right. So just have compassion with yourself, pick one way forward, you know, get honest and be like, this is some, you know, this is one area that I could work on better. I could think differently about this, or I could see their way because of this. And I love the quote, seek to understand before being understood, right? Sometimes we're so justified in the way we're thinking or acting that we haven't stopped to try and understand 
their point of view. And that's when um, compassion will come in. This one quote I was going to share, I honestly don't even know who it's from, but you will never hear another person's voice more than you hear your own. Be intentional about the way you talk to yourself. And that goes Mm -hmm. same. The way you talk to yourself is how you think of others. The way you think of others is kind of what comes back to yourself. So pick intentional sentences to practice, pick intentional thoughts, choose gratitude, choose those better things. And if you're struggling, find a filter, find a friend, find a coach to just kind of help pull out the honesty and the truth of where you're at and help you pick a new way forward. And it's, it's just life-changing. It's like, you know, just the smallest shift in, in how you look at things, but we cannot stress enough how, um, it's worth the work. It's worth the time. It's worth the effort and you can do it. Amen. Yes. And just to say, yeah, amen, sister, I just want to say this at the very end, because Julie said it in the last, sometimes you'll notice that if you feel like most of your relationships with your friendships, with your spouse, with your children, with um, your family members, your sister-in-laws, your brother-in-laws. Sometimes if you feel like nothing is really working in any of them, try to work on yourself, on your own relationship with yourself. Learn to love yourself because the way that we treat others is the way we we will treat that we are feeling about ourselves. So it's just like the second great commandment, you know, love thy neighbor as thyself. And And so- Yeah. If you don't love yourself, you can't hardly feel love from others too. Or another person. Yeah. So if you're thinking, I don't even know what relationship to pick, maybe just pick your relation, pick your relationship with you yep, yourself and be honest with yourself and begin to grow to love and appreciate yourself. Yep. Most important. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on our Why Wait podcast. If you want to share us with your family and friends, we would love it. The best way to do that is to leave us a review on iTunes or on any podcast platform that you are listening to us on. Also, as our gift to you, we have free Friday coaching every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. The link will be in the show notes and we would love to see you there. Have a great week.